Hello, welcome to Glass Onion Minute. I am your host, Allison, and my guest is Michael. This is minute number seven, which is going to be from um, zero hours, seven minutes to zero hours, seven minutes and 59 seconds. Uh, This is going to be a continuation of the puzzle solving scene. Um, moving on to a puzzle that we mentioned at the start that looks and starts like uh, tic-tac-toe um, and uh, Birdie moving to uh, Shazam the music box song uh, <laughs> to various uh, effect. So, yeah, like we said, we're talking about with Last Minute, uh, here's just more of the uh, puzzle solving options. Is it, so is this, let's see if I can remember all the puzzles in this one, right? We start with tic-tac-toe. Yeah, which actually was, um, Morse code because it had one of those little Morse code things. Tappies, yeah. (gasps) That's tic-tac-toe! I know this! But it's solved already, so it can't be. It's tic-tac-toe. Thank you for contributing. I know what they're called! (laughs) Let's, what are they gonna do? Google it, Allison? (laughs) Yeah, and it's like I, I, you know, it's where where it's the the X's and O's are the dots and dashes. Uh, Birdie keeps yelling tic tac toe, which is very good. Uh, there's a, wait, wait, the tapper thing is from Morse code. The X's and O's are dots and dashes. Dits and dots. So that's uh, yep, R O U R. It's tic tac toe. Sliding block puzzle that solves to an N which then is a compass and that moves to the music box, I think. But there is, yeah, we've got more puzzles. This, there's yes, a lot exactly. of puzzles in this minute. But yeah, it's Birdie's shining moment of, that's tic-tac-toe, I know this. I know that it's tic-tac-toe. And Claire is very gently saying like, yes, but it's solved. So obviously that has nothing to do with anything. <laughs> Right, exactly right. It's, it's tic-tac-toe, and, and they go, no, Birdie, it's not tic-tac-toe, and then she's just insistent, I know this, this is tic-tac-toe. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think it also does have the the chess match um, at the start where um, Claire is able to solve that. And it, it's, it's fun seeing um, all of these uh, puzzles... Um, all the characters kind of know having specific things that allow them to solve the specific puzzles and, uh, you know, each of them working together. It's it's just, again, like I said, very, very satisfying. They're having a good time, too, with it. <laughs> yeah, um, no, they're all having a good time. They're, you know, Birdie's yelling about it. Uh, there's um, Catherine Hahn is mocking Birdie about... Uh, about it being tic-tac-toe, and, and they're like, wait, and then, and, you know, it, it's just like you, you get a sense for this kind of lived-in friendship between all of them. <laughs> yeah, um, it, well, especially there's this kind of shine on the Claire, Lionel, Birdie dynamic, especially where Claire makes mm-hmm. fun of Birdie for the tic-tac-toe thing. <gasps> it's music. Guys, it's music. It's music. Are you mocking me? Yes. Okay. Ha-ha. And while she's saying that, Lionel is in between them in the shot, just going, shh, Yeah, like, right. Like, oh, don't fight with Birdie, please. We get it. She, She's not very bright. <laughs> please, I'm trying yeah. to think. And, like, Birdie's like, are you making fun of me? <laughs> yeah. Oh, how very subtle, Claire. I almost didn't realize. 
Right. You get a sense that this is something that has happened a million times before. It is not just, uh, you know, what they're doing with this particular puzzle box, but that, you know, Claire has not been subtle about it in front of Bertie before. Which also, you know, gives it the sense that they have known each other for a long time because, you know, I, if I was trying to solve a puzzle box with uh, strangers, <laughs> I don't think I would just suddenly start mocking the big celebrity in the group. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, personally, that's not me. Maybe it's Claire, but... Uh, we also get another um, part of the uh, Duke's mother solving that it's a compass, which is, again... A, Super good kind of gag of Jackie Hoffman just being like, It's a compass. Mom. And then just going back to her paper. <laughs> and she being like, Mom, shut Mom. up. And it's like, yeah. she has solved three puzzles already, sir. <laughs> yeah, Let her <she's>, speak. <laughs> she knows what she's talking about. Like, she, she's, like, she's solving this and she's, uh, you know, figuring it out. I Again, like, I, I love the physicality of this box though where you where you literally move it do where you move it to the north and it you know that opens up the music it's i don't know it's i I, i'm just like can i buy one of these puzzle boxes for myself because it's just so i don't know i just that would be a fun game though right where you you solve little like small little puzzles and then you a pretty box moves around who wouldn't want to do that (laughs) exactly Exactly. It's just a very, I, I just love how beautifully physical it is that I, I, I don't know, it just makes me, makes me smile. Um, even if, like, uh, Jackie Hoffman hints it's, these are pretty basic kind of puzzles. It's, I, I, I don't know if I necessarily expect that a, a, this big physical box you'd want to move yeah. it to face north. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I I know that I would not get very far on the actual puzzle of sliding the N to make it say, I'm very terrible at those. I I think I'm okay with those puzzles. I just don't like them. So I, I would probably be like, oh, I don't want to solve this. <laughs> I do wonder if that works if you don't solve for N, if you're just like, oh, that's going to make the letter N. I'll just turn it north Prob- now. I mean, maybe. I I I would say What if it's already facing north? What if he didn't know? Right. (laughs) There's holes in this puzzle box. (laughs) Exactly. We're 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 poking holes at that, but yeah, it's uh I I I, that's a good question actually, if it would just straight up do that. I don't know. Maybe It's gotta be the act of turning it, right? Well and also it is made up for a movie, right. It, it's got to be. It's not like an actual compass. It's like the act of turning it to face north is going to open the box, or they see. Oh, you're rotating the box, so therefore, I don't know. I yeah. I I don't fully understand how this box is constructed, but it's I, it's it's probably fair not to expect anyone to know the intricacies of a made-up puzzle box, I suppose. I know, but I want the box to be real. I want to probably spend way too much money on buying this stupid big puzzle box. I would do that 
it, I would I would waste my money on that puzzle box. So, <laughs> um, I wouldn't even yeah. blame you. Yeah. Some, also, sometimes you see it and you're like, how do all these puzzles fit in in the box? But it's not for me to know. I guess we're we're just supposed to accept that if you solve the puzzle, then you can turn it to space north, and that's fine. And then also... once you turn it, the music box pops up. Yeah. Yeah. And I did, I, I'll admit fully, we'll get more into this in our next minute, but I did full go whole hog on these puzzles with each of our minutes of just like, I got a little obsessed in particular with, in this minute, the, the Morse code um, dit does. Because the letter F is right in front of the tic-tac-toe box full mm-hmm. of the dit dots and it, the dit dot spells out o-u-r and i was like okay so that says four four yeah what does that mean and it, it doesn't mean anything as far as i can tell it's just there oh that's interesting uh, let me i don't know that's a good question i wonder if there's some something that we're not seeing or if it's just you know was going to put be something and then it wasn't i guess maybe they just needed three letters that fit into a morse code tic-tac-toe you know that would probably be it but at the same time um let's see i don't know i i see it looks like there are people who have solved all of the puzzles or gone specifically through all the puzzles. So maybe there's something there I don't know. Um, this is the only one besides the N for North that involves several letters, though. So right. I, I do think I just went a little too deep dive into it. Maybe there really isn't anything there, Michael. But Brian Johnson, if you're listening, why does it spell for? Please um, tell me. <laughs> please. I can't please. sleep. <laughs> we need to know why the Morse code is for... If that's like a clue, if that's a hint, if that's foreshadowing, I would like to know what this means. And while um, you're at it, can you answer the magnetic north question? Just yes, how if, the box works. If it ha- if it's if it is a physical, um, if it is a physical compass, or if it's just about them moving it over to north. We we gotta know. We are not gonna. We're gonna lose sleep. So please, this is the real mystery. The real <laughs> mystery <laughs> of this movie is specifically how the puzzle box works. I just want to know the mechanics. I'm just deeply invested in them. Yeah. No. I. Yeah. It's 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 good to know, and I know that as it's. It's it's like so extraneous to everything, but I I just love this stupid puzzle box. Well, and it's um, also the prop master's fault for making it beautiful. This is a gorgeous object. Oh, it's be- it is like again, it's like like you like you have Jackie Hoffman like solve it handily, and there's very specific things, but it's just like it's a it is a beautiful object that is just I would love to have it physically in my home, like just, <laughs> just this that- beautiful wooden box that un- unlocked to these puzzles. It's. It's this dark chair, that dark cherry wood in particular. It's, and yeah. The way it whirls around it and yes. the, it's, it's just a, it's a beautiful, beautiful, um, physical prop that uh, they, you know, again, it's, I feel like every element of this movie just goes like a little bit extra. And one of that is <laughs> the props with the, 
with, with this, with yeah. this stupid, beautiful puzzle box that I, I love. Props for props. Props for props. Exactly. <laughs> um, another thing uh, that we would, uh, it would be fun to talk about and that I think is um, particularly good in this sequence is the um, kind of split screen editing. I think that it's um, done in such a kind of dynamic way that even though they are all physically separated, it you do get um, you don't get any of the kind of awkwardness of that possibly, or just kind of jumping between them. But it like the split screens of the puzzle of each person, everything just kind of moves in and out in in a really, I think, oh good yeah. Way. Some of the smoothest cuts, some of the smoothest yeah. transitions I have ever seen take place just during this puzzle box scene, where it's it's not just your standard like here's somebody in a in there's there's four people talking, so we've got the screen split up into four boxes. It's it's a yeah. smooth transition. Whenever you see people on the screen at the same time talking, it's purposeful. <laughs> like people who are speaking and people who are reacting to just hearing that voice, they're all, they're all in the screen where they need to be. And it's not in just these little standard little boxes. It's there's pentagons, there's octagons or well, not a pentagon, but there's like an octagon involved. There's, there's different shapes. It's not your traditional. And things expand when you need to focus on it and things decrease. So it's, it's not like, I feel like if you just had it so that it was, um, like the four main phone lines that were on. Um, so you have Claire, Lionel, Bertie, and Duke, um, with Peg and Whiskey being there, and Duke's mom. Um, like you could well, have and, it be where there's Claire's four of them, husband, and then who's, we, we all forget about Claire's husband. He does exist. He's in the background. <laughs> That's but my true. God, that oh my man God, is so quiet. Listen, I did forget. I know that he's there, and I know that we see him in these minutes, but also. He is just kind of, I think even for Claire, he's just kind of there. Not. <laughs> um, Very much she could, she could take or leave him. He is really just there. You know, you can't say he wasn't there. That's uh It's true. He is in some of the shots. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> but uh, if you had just like four of them and then like over like a, a split screen of four um, frames and then the puzzle. You could it, you could easily imagine this scene being edited in a very static kind of boring way, but they figured out how to make it just super engaging, um, but also not distracting either. Where it's 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 it's, it's following the areas of interest in in a good way to make it dynamic, but also not you know take away from the the solving of the puzzle box and the various acting and various character moments. It's a definite, it, it's a great use of the medium of film, right? Because, I mean, it's just people talking, but it's not just that. You're engaged with what's happening on the screen. You're getting multiple points of view. And again, all this time, you're also getting character dynamics and interactions. And yeah. you, it would be much harder to do that with a play, but you don't feel like you're being given this information because with the editing and the cuts and the smooth transitions, it, 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 it has this way of, of just delivering it to you perfectly. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, I totally agree. I, th- I think it, it, 
it manages it, it it's balancing all these various elements of what it needs to do where it's it needs to press the plot forward needs to have the character moments it needs to um look good as a film and it um juggles all of these really ad- admirably especially for it still being um you know fully f- um these characters talking to each other over the phone solving a couple puzzles uh, like I joke about how much I'm, I I love this puzzle box, but um, I think for a, in an alternate universe edit of the movie, people could be like, remember when they were just solving that pu- those puzzles for five minutes? That was a boring sequence. And, <laughs> uh, I I don't I I don't think anybody would be able to say that about the movie as it is now. It, it unimaginable. No. Yes, exactly. <laughs> a completely impossible statement to make. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, listen. If you don't like the puzzle box sequence, I I don't know who who would. But, <laughs> I know. can't. Well, and um, and I know that we, we did talk about the uh, the score more earlier, but this is just another little way that kind of the prop and the score kind of plays in with what's happening. Is we're hearing this whimsical, intriguing, like violiny music while they're solving it, and then the music box comes up. And that music stops, and you just hear what the music box is playing. And Mm -hmm. it is, again, so smooth. It's not like you're being jolted, like, oh, all of a sudden the background has stopped, and now uh, the diegetic music versus the non-diegetic music, it's very startling, usually. But, like, not here. The music in the background comes to a natural stop just in time for the music box to play, and, and I'm gonna Shazam it. next puzzle. Alexa, Shazam this song, please. Yeah, it, it's it's one of those things where I, I think just so much, um, part of what we've discussed earlier about it being such a an easy movie to recommend is that all of the various elements make it a really easy movie to watch. You're, you, it's just, it, it feels like you're kind of moved from scene to scene, from mo- mo- moment to moment, um, just kind of seamlessly in a way that's that really shows an understanding of film as a medium. So, it, like I said, I feel like I could probably watch Knives Out and uh, Glass Onion anytime just because of how, you know, kind of easy it is to watch in a, in a very good way. So, out of curiosity, how many times have you seen Knives Out and Glass Onion, respectively? Knives Out, let me just see, because... Knives Out, I don't remember. I know that for each of my uh, Knives Out episodes, I watched them. Um, so I think I've seen it at least five or six times. Um, Glass Onion, I've actually only seen it the twice. Um, I or, or have I seen it three? I, I can't remember. For this episode, I didn't want to get too bogged down in future spoilers because otherwise I'd be like, see how this... Uh, how this foreshadows X so that I, I would just be too tempted. Um, so I just watched our, our minutes yesterday. I, I did. I have of course seen our minutes and then the minutes I did for knives out way more than the rest of the movies, respectively knives out. I've only seen three times. I have seen glass onion four times, Nice. <laughs> but I, but, you know, after this, I'm probably going to watch knives out again as like a chaser. So that'll be, like I know. Nice well, I, I was thinking about that too. 
I I specifically didn't want to watch the later minutes, like I said, but I was also like yesterday finished taking my notes about the minutes and, and watching them, and I'm like, I could just finish Glass Onion, but <laughs> I had other stuff I needed to to go do, so it I I, I dragged myself away from it, but you know it's it's it, it's it's definitely I think a um a skill to make a movie that is easy to watch even though it, it that sounds like it could be kind of a backhanded compliment but um it is a skill to be able to you know make the music transition so smoothly from the mu- the soundtrack to the music box to have the cuts and edits be so seamless but also everything so i, I just as a on a filmmaking level i think these movies are maybe even underrated um <laughs> Which I agree. Is, yeah, which is I. I mean, it might be maybe a little bit much because I know that they're well regarded, but I think on a like just a craft of filmmaking level, they're they're really well made. Well, and I think that in a modern world, it's a little harder to write a whodunit. It's a little harder to write a mystery. I think we can all agree that there's been a point in time, particularly film history, where, like, the mystery of a movie was all about the twist of the movie. Mm -hmm. And it was all about kind of trying to trick the audience. And, And in a way, in some ways, it was actually kind of a little mean. It was sort of... And I don't mean in that, like, filmmakers are being like, oh, you're an idiot, you didn't see this plot twist, and that, like, so much of the mystery relied on the plot twist that would usually occur maybe about, I don't know, with only 45 to 30 minutes of the film left. Um, If even. Um. And not that we're going to talk about it, but yes, this movie does contain a twist, much like Knives Out contained twists as well and and those don't feel like i was being tricked those feel like hey it's a mystery you don't know everything but don't worry we're all gonna find you're gonna find out i'm going to tell you just it's gonna be fun and it's it's an enjoyable mystery to watch because it hits this medium that i think is difficult where you don't feel like you're being spoon-fed a mystery but you also don't feel like the filmmakers trying to show how smart they are right I think no I think I think you're totally right and I think that there's a very specific um kind of balancing act of figuring out if a movie is going to be too obvious or kind of spoon feed you things versus you know kind of be like I'm smart you're dumb it's it's you know I, I and I think that's what makes these movies um really rewatchable is that you can start noticing various other little details and other things that you go oh I just kind of overlooked that because I can only see so much but um you know the some of the clues were in plain sight and I didn't see them and I think mysteries are really um kind of a a genre that of books and movies and everything where so much of it is that kind of balancing act of you want to have there be some sort of um, you want pe- people to it, to not come out of nowhere, but also you want people to be surprised. So it's it's a I I think these movies are kind of quietly really smart and really well made, um, while also being just remarkably fun to go watch in the theater or when you. Um, pick up Netflix or something. 
hell of a good time. Hell of a good yes. time, this movie. <laughs> hell of a good time. Um, do you have anything else that you'd like to bring up, up about this minute? Um, no, not about this minute, but... Um, okay. Uh, I do know that uh, as a topic of discussion, it, it might be fun to sort of talk about, um, uh, I, I believe, a third film is in the... Yep. Mm-hmm. There's that... going to be a um, third Benoit Blanc movie, which um, I am remarkably excited about because I would watch Benoit Blanc <laughs> do anything. <laughs> um, and I think that Glass Onion kind of proved that you can put them in a different setting. You can put them in with these different characters and it will still be very, very good. He's, he's the titular detective. The, uh, what is the, the, um, he, yeah, he's a detective and, and so much about, uh, mystery. One of the fun things about mystery movies is the detective is in every one of them, right? Murder, She Wrote isn't great because every episode is a new twisty mystery. Murder, She Wrote is great because J.B. Fletcher is going to solve mm-hmm. a new mystery, right? These movies aren't just good on their own merit because they've got a great cast, because they they are fun to watch, but also just because, wow, I would watch Benoit Blanc make a peanut butter sandwich and solve the mystery of, like, where he put the knife down. A mystery I solve several times a day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Just exactly. In my own home. <laughs> where did I put my car or my keys? Like, I would solve, I would watch Benoit Blanc solve that. He's such a, um, you know, the mystery is really great, but also Blanc is, is such a fun detective character that I am super, super excited to see that um, they're they're going to make another one. And uh, from what I've seen, both uh, Ryan Johnson and uh, Daniel Craig are very excited about Benoit Blanc in these movies. So, um, which which is always fun to see when they, they both are, you know, I'll, 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 where Ryan Johnson's like, I'll keep making them if Daniel Craig wants to keep making them. And Daniel Craig's like, Keep making them. I'll 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 be there. It's I want to keep making these movies. I I feel like there should be at least as many Benoit Blanc movies as there are Daniel Craig James Bond movies. Ah, uh, yeah, I, that would be good. <laughs> I I would see. I I think he's really enjoying playing this role. Um, when he's um, previously shown that he's he is feeling fatigued for the James Bond role. Um, so I. I just kind of want to see him do whatever he wants to do. And I will go see whatever this is. Um, (laughs) Do you have any ideas of what kind of setting or what kind of, um, what you want the next one to be? Um, Well, yeah. So I, in particular, you know, I, I, I think it is fun to sort of come up and see ideas, but I would just like to see what happens next, you know? Yeah. Um, but I, I do know that in the in the Tumblr sphere, uh, a lot of theories are going around that the third movie is actually going to, you know, we don't know what the timeline is exactly that these take place. I mean, because of the pandemic, we know definitively Knives Out is before. Um, 
glass onion but there's this idea that it's going to be uh something more of a prequel movie uh about the thing with the ballet dancer that is a throwaway line that comes up later in this film so there's a there's a theory there's going to be something of a of a prequel we're going to see benoit blanc before knives out um which i i think would be interesting i'm not saying i don't want to see that um but I do think that it is a little awkward time-wise when you you go movie one, movie two, and then movie zero, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. Like, I, I'd be up for seeing more, but at the same time... Uh, I, I mean, at the same time, I kind of like Benoit Blanc as this kind of coming in for this... Uh, to solve this mystery, and, like, the main story is about these other characters, but yeah. he's just kind of the... Uh, the you know connecting thread between all of these movies, so I I don't I don't know it's 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 interesting to see. Um, it, I I feel like I'd probably be up for whatever they want to do, but I don't know if I'd necessarily be rooting for a prequel. But <laughs> yeah, you know we'll see. I guess you know what Rain Johnson has surprised me with less. Like you yeah. know, <laughs> I think yeah, I I see. I think he can do whatever he wants, and I'll be. I'll be jazzed about it, but also, you know, we'll see. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. I, I I think he's I think he's proven himself um, with with these movies that he knows what he's doing. So I'm I'm excited whatever it is, but also, uh, you know, I I would personally prefer kind of another mystery where he's solving it and he's it's not necessarily about him, but also, you know, whatever he whatever they want to do. Yeah, just sort of seeing him in different environments and not so much just seeing him, period. Yeah, well, yeah. he's just like, you know, the the catalyst for things happening in these other characters' lives and he, you know, goes and solves a mystery in a an interesting locale with interesting new characters and I think that's a that's a fun fun little thing for the movies. Any actors you'd like to see show up in a Knives Out movie? Ooh. Ooh, I don't... Hmm. I've got one if you want time to think. I can vamp. <laughs> yeah, what, what, what is the one that you have? I would really like to see Rachel Weiss show up. Oh. Uh, not as, like, a firm character. I would really love it to be, like, a throwaway thing. Like, she shows up, she plays a nameless character for, like, ten seconds, and her only purpose is for the audience to go, Is that... Is that Rachel Weiss? Yeah. What is Rachel Weiss well, doing here? Isn't she too big to be playing a no-minute role? Then... Well, there's, I mean, th- listen, there, there's a bunch of those in this, so <laughs> I, uh, I think, I honestly think that could happen. I, you know. Either that. Or I would like to see her play the murder victim and we only see her in, like, flashbacks before she died. Like, oh, what was your relationship with Rachel Weiss's character before she was murdered mysteriously? You know, I mean, there's the obvious, uh, you know, marriage to Daniel Craig, but also she was in Ryan Johnson's uh, The Brothers Bloom, so I think there's there are multiple oh, connection points there. Such an uh, underrated Ryan Johnson movie, The Brothers Bloom. Yeah, he's. He, I think I. I'm. I'm genuinely. He can do no wrong for me. So. Um. 
By the way, I do know that I keep saying his name wrong. Like, I keep alternating between pronouncing it correctly and incorrectly. Yeah. That's only because I... I'm so sorry about that, Mr. Johnson. Yeah, I'm sure that there's, you know... I'm I'm 100% sure that that's uh, pretty common. Um, For him, yeah. Yeah, for him. So I'm sure he's he's got it. Uh, I guess there's... um, I would just love to see more character actors get their due. Um, So I... You know, if if there is something like a like a Steve Buscemi, if there's a Margot Martindale, if there's a um, Richard Kind or something, just like just get all of like the fun character actors in Hollywood, Judy Greer, to just kind of come and do do something fun. Oh. I, I I would personally like that. I know that's not necessarily the you know kind of star studded thing of that, but but I love uh, that though. I, that's a great idea. If it's just like you know, give give character actors more of a time to shine. I I, I love character actors um, in general, so I, I'd love to see see that. I would love to see either Steve Buscemi or Judy Greer. Those are two oh, choice. If picks. they were both in that movie, that would be so good. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to see that, and and just like I don't know what characters you would give them, but no. whatever it is, I just want to see them interact and just chew as much scenery as possible. I am, I am firmly on the on the give Judy Greer the lead trade. So let's let's give her let's give her the big lead next time or something. <laughs> you know, some something really fun to do. But you know, just just give a lot of uh, people some some fun work. So I'm, I, I you know I think that given the first two movies that. Uh, Ryan has his uh, pick for for the movies, but I, I I'd like to see some uh, uh, you know some fun actors. In. Yeah, some smaller smaller roles, some smaller actors in big roles. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm also I also personally really like uh, Jesse Plemons as an actor. Specifically, I like him in a, in everything I've seen him in, but specifically channeling his role from the movie Game Night. Uh, that's that would be that'd be phenomenal. I have not seen that, but is that the one with with um who who is it? Michael Bates and and um no wait, I'm thinking of another one. Uh, yeah, it's it's Jason Bateman and oh, yes. Rachel McAdams. Yeah, it's I it's I, Bates, I, I think it's a really a <laughs> it's a it's a really in my opinion um it, it's 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 a really good studio comedy and uh it's. It's a very funny movie, and uh, Jesse Plemons is the kind of next-door neighbor kind of w- weird guy that they don't really want to invite over to this game night party, um, and he does it with aplomb, and I just <laughs> I, I just want to see more of that. Um, the, act, the director team uh, went to do the new um, Dungeons & Dragons movie, which is also very, very fun, so... Just get some of those actors and just throw them into this, and it'll be yeah. great. Just put them in a pot, make a soup. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. And th- I mean, that's the that's the beautiful thing of the Knives Out, Glass Onion, Benoit Blanc universe is that uh, who done it? You need to have a lot of good people so that there's a good mystery. So 
it, there's there's a lot of opportunities for good actors to be doing stuff. Give them a call. <laughs> All right, I, I think that's going to do it for this uh, this episode. Uh, thank you for joining me today, Michael. Uh, do you have any plugs or anything like that? Um, yeah, just when uh, you can check out my podcast, the K-Bay podcast on Twitter, it's K underscore podcast. Uh, I talk about it with my host, Robbie. We watch Korean dramas and then we talk about them. So K underscore podcast. Sounds good. Um, you can find us on Twitter, the, this podcast at glass onion min. That's all one word. Um, please rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff wherever you listen to your podcast. And, yeah, and we'll see you tomorrow. See you tomorrow.